You are Locked On Hornets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. In a minute, cuz, we live. We live. It's Locked On Hornets. This episode is brought to you by Locker Room. You can download the Locker Room app from the iOS app store and find one of our Locked On rooms. Locker Room, changing the way we talk sports. We're part of the Locked On Podcast Network. It's your team every day. Local experts on the number one daily sports podcast network. You can subscribe to the pod on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. And you can follow us on Twitter at Lockdown Hornets, at Walker Mail, and at Not of the Scribe. We'll get to a couple of leftovers from some of the things that Mitch Kupchak had to say. Gordon Hayward, the 100% health comment that he had in his exit interview. We can discuss something interesting that we didn't talk about yesterday about the James Brega report when the Hornets decided to keep, a, uh, keep him around for one. One more year a little surprising thing within that contract for Borrego the first go around I'm not sure it was talked about a lot we'll get to that as we move on but Nada we have to get to some content yes. that has been created by the Locked On Podcast Network and I am not so sure that Doug did not have of his hand all the way in this it was an email it, it was an email sent by Nick Angstad who helps out with Locked On NBA a part of the Mavericks podcast but I have to imagine that this was in the group coming together saying, hey, what kind of ideas do we have for the offseason? I bet this idea was tossed out by Doug. And this is what we have to do. So now we got an email from Nick yesterday. He says, we're running every lottery team in the Tankathon lottery simulation every week. And so this means Doug's dream has come true that, yes, we will be doing a mini mock draft every single week. The top 14 teams going to be coming up with a different selection every week as to what order we're picking in and we will bring you our analysis on whatever player that we drafted now I've said a few times it's not like I have gone all the way in on the NBA draft yes. evaluation so right now <laughs> I as soon as I got this email and it was approaching to be our turn I'm like all right I know some, yes, you, you know, I know some of the guys, you know, watching college basketball and doing some knowledge of this, right? I'm not completely ignorant to it all, but clearly there are going to be people that are more informed than me. Not I texted <laughs> you. I was like, all right, who's the guy that you want? And of course, because Nada doesn't give any opinion halfway, he came in with a flag firmly planted in the ground that he wanted to select this individual player. It turns out that that player is international prospect from Australia, Josh Giddy. So the order that the Tankathon simulation gave us, we actually lost a number. It was, remember, we actually actually gained in real life the pick above the Spurs for the 11th best lottery odds. So in that tiebreaker flip of a coin, Charlotte won. We will officially have the 11th best lottery odds, but in the Tankathon simulation, we got the 12th overall pick. And Nada, you decided yes. to go with Josh Giddy. The guys that were gone were Cade Cunningham Sad. going to Oklahoma City. The Indiana the Indiana Pacers jump all the way up to number two, jumping up double-digit spots from what they're supposed to pick. And the Pacers go after Jalen Suggs. We can give our analysis on every other pick maybe later. The Houston Rockets were picking third. They got Evan Mobley. The Detroit Pistons picked Jalen Green. Orlando picked Jonathan Kaminga. Number six, Cleveland picked Scotty Barnes. Number seven, Golden State for Minnesota. That pick they have. They picked Franz Wagner. Eight, Toronto. They took Keon Johnson. Number nine, Orlando. They took Moses Moody. 
Sacramento took Corey Kispert at number 10. New Orleans took Alpeter and Sangoon. Hope I got that right. At 11, they took him. And then number 12, it was us taking Josh Giddy, the two leftovers, San Antonio. At 13, it was Isaiah Jackson. 14, Golden State. They took Davion Mitchell. So, Nada, I'll let you explain this. I wanted to go a different route, but I didn't have enough conviction to try to fight you on this. And we'll have plenty of mock drafts that maybe we can just take our turns on this more so. Yes, I did. But you got the first turn to go ahead and take your player. You took Josh Giddy. Why is that? Some would say that I probably should have looked at Isaiah Jackson a little bit more. Sengun was already gone, so unfortunately, he was going to be one of my options because he's a big and he would have fit fit a need. But if we're talking about a guy that can do everything that's more than just, at least for right now, a one-way player, give me the kid that like literally lit, lit the NBL in Australia on fire, similar to a guy that, you know, is on the roster that lit the NBL, NBL on fire as well. Like Josh Giddy feels like a guy that at minimum is Joe Ingles. So if you're telling me that he's a guy that can do a multitude of things at 12, fit in your, your wing rotation because, yes, you need to upgrade on the wings, especially if Malik Monk is gone. Give me a guy that can play make, that has some size, and that if Gordon Hayward happens to get hurt, I'm not saying he can be him immediately, but if he can do a decent, a decent Gordon Hayward imitation, yo, that's kind of nice. He's the guy that I think I'm planting my flag on if the Hornets stay at 12. Granted, I can change my mind with more information, but for right now, the flag is planted <laughs> literally Which, on Josh Giddy. We're going to be picking late July. I, I hope, hope you so. get more I information so on all of these guys. It, it, uh, unless, unless you have been Mike Schmitz, Jonathan Gavoni out here making your ways all ar- across the world and studying all of these guys. And by the way, real quickly, I do want to point out, Nada, that it is the low fring, uh, low hanging fruit, but I have to acknowledge it, man. Did you just go Joe Ingles? Did you just go the white Australian comparison? Did you just find the closest one to the NBA and say, that's who he's Honestly, going to no. be? Like I, there's a lot of Joe Ingles to his game. A lot of the <laughs> Joe Ingles playmaking to his game. The only thing that where it really doesn't translate is the shot. And I'll give I'll give anyone that that his shot may be a year or two away. It may not clear customs immediately. But outside of that, I really do like this kid in terms of the bigger playmakers that this team is going to need. Because as we saw, once the playmakers started dropping like flies, it kind of got barren very very quickly. And it kind of it scare it should scare some folks, especially if Devonte Graham slash um, like Devonte Graham doesn't come back, and or Malik Monk doesn't come back. I kind of really like his playmaking ability as a secondary playmaker, right for right now. Yeah, I mean, so Josh Giddy, from what I saw, very limited film that I kind of looked at him. Real crafty passer, real crafty pick and roll player. And was able to find some guys in some tight angles down low when you had your role man. I thought he did a really good job of finding those players. Seems like he's got a good feel for the game. He does have size with handle, which is not going to be if they select him, right? Hypothetically, in this world that we're creating, if they were to select him on the roster, that would be another big playmaker. LaMelo, 6'8", way more dynamic of a passer and more entertaining. 
Josh Giddy more so just it, it's not nearly as flashy, but who is more so with LaMelo, but two guys that are six, seven, six, eight, and have that kind of passing ability with that kind of handle. It makes sense I, just because not even for the sense that it fits for the Hornets, but even I was listening to, I think it was Zach Lowe and Kirk Goldsberry. And I was just catching up on some of the low post podcasts and they were discussing Kevin Durant and I believe this was or not Kevin Durant excuse me Kevin Garnett Kobe Bryant Tim Duncan when they all made the Hall of Fame just kind of going over their careers and they discussed how it's it's not necessarily small ball that is taking over right yeah you have some of that it's just skilled ball the, the future of the NBA it looks like Giannis it looks like guys that can do everything and they're big it's Nikola Jokic being the MVP and Joel Embiid being second and all of those guys and and both of those guys getting all the first place and second place votes with maybe your Nick Wright Chris Paul stands out there but what you have here with Charlotte is continuing to try to get some of these taller dudes that are just mad skilled with the basketball in their hand defensively there's still much to be desired for a LaMelo and a Josh Giddey I don't know if you can continue to sacrifice defense with some of these top-notch players, but the ball handling, it would make a lot of sense. I would have gone with Azire Williams, I think, in my very infant stages of starting to take in a lot of these prospects in the game. You know, I know Kate Cunningham's a star. Evan Mobley would be second, and we can get to some of the other picks here in just a moment. I just think Zaire Williams, yeah, low-efficient player at Stanford. The field goal percentage, it, it, it certainly scares you, but he's got length. He was a guy that was supposed to be a top five pick coming in, being that kind of prospect at Stanford. The mechanics aren't bad. You know, For me, I was scared with LaMelo's shot because yes. the mechanics were bad. They just were. But Zaire's are not, in my opinion, with his shot. The athleticism is there. I, I think defensively, he has the capability of of, of being a good player. I, I just think Zaire Williams is the guy that has the physical makeup that I want. And so that's where I was leaning more so in the very infant stages of evaluation. But the playmaking, the size at playmaking, it would be fun to have two of those guys on the roster. And, and you mentioned it. The shot scares you a little bit more um, than maybe some of the other the prospects. Time, I'm one of those that I just want skilled guys. I want guys that can do multiple things on offense. If it does it, at this point, I'm not worried about the defense as much because honestly, that's what the center is going to do a lot of the wiping out of. A proper center wipes out a lot of a lot of these concerns. So, if this is going to be best player available, and I love Zaire Williams, and I think, and it was close because me and you both said this. Like uh, again, when we texted about this. I was one of those that was very close to selecting Zaire Williams. He was my backup if someone drafted Giddy instead of him. So if that's going to be the case, like Zaire Williams is like one, like I am close to saying, hey, if Zaire, if Giddy's not there, Zaire Williams makes sense. But for me, but, and this is the other thing, I'm one of those guys that thinks that both Giddy and Williams are going to move up the more information comes out about them. I feel good about drafting them at 12. I'm not sure that they're going to be there at 11 or 12 when more of the information, more of the jostling, more of the ear hustling starts going forward. Yeah, 
we'll see. We've still got a lot of ways to go before we get to the actual NBA draft lottery, actually not too crazy far away. It's within the month. So we'll see uh, where the Charlotte Hornets will be picking. But again, they do get the 11th best lottery odds after winning that coin flip against the San Antonio Spurs. Not a, not a, a crazy small feat. Actually, I think they have an 8.5 chance of getting all the way to the top four and they have a just almost 2% chance of getting the number one overall pick. So slim margin, but hey, we got lucky last year and thank God it was that draft. And then they selected LaMelo Ball. All right, we're a little over on time. I want to continue to talk about this mock draft and how it played out because the Indiana Pacers jumping all the way up to two and who Tony East decided to select for that podcast. It made me, I thought it was interesting. I just thought the best player available compared to need Indiana is probably the best example of how hard that decision might be. We'll talk about it in just a moment, but first I'll continue to discuss Locker Room with you guys. This episode is brought to you by Locker Room. It's the first social audio platform made for sports fans, and the app is free to download. And once you're in, you can talk with fans, athletes, and insiders in real time about your favorite team or your favorite sport. Locker Room is the perfect place to start or join conversations about the league. You'll find fans just like you on Locker Room for watch parties, debates, post-game breakdowns, and of course, reacting to the big news or big rumors. You can even find locked on hosts across the NBA, MLB and the NHL. Go to download the uh, go download the locker room app right now. Currently available on all iOS devices. Be sure to create a profile, link your Twitter, and join the NFL, MLB, or NHL group, NBA, whatever, for the latest league updates. I know you'll find a ton of incredible rooms around your favorite teams and your favorite leagues. Download the Locker Room app today. Locker Room, changing the way we talk sports. We'll talk more mock draft. You're welcome, Doug. Coming up next, Locked on Hornets podcast. This is Locked on Hornets. You have gone to that in an after-school special show, (laughs) and you've gone to that in a shoe show with David Walker, the OG. You have gone back to the clerk's well for so many different references. It's quite impressive. Because here's the thing, though. Clerks Clerks 1 and Clerks 2 tell you everything you need to know about the service industry and, for the most part, about life. It's time for more of the Locked on Hornets podcast. Did you know that Built Bar has nine delicious flavors? And not only that, you even get the occasional limited time flavor. When you talk to a Built Bar fan, they're passionate about their favorites. I know I am, especially when they come out with those limited time flavors. I feel like they're always better than the already great OGs that they've got in place, like coconut, coconut almond. You can even go to the more chocolatey ones, which I'm a huge fan of, like peanut butter brownie or double chocolate salted caramel. There's something for everyone, and they're good for you too. High fiber. Low calorie, low sugar, high in protein. It's great for you, especially when you want something tasty after a workout. If you don't know what to, uh, what kind of flavor you want, just try them all. Get a mixed bag. Get a couple of different boxes and see which one is your favorite. Go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKED15 and you'll get 15% off your first order. Use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. All right, so kind of throwing a little bit of a curveball, Nada, just because the the mock draft to me, it's interesting with the way that it played out. And so in our hypothetical world, we'll treat it like it's real. Of course, the number one pick is going to be Cade Cunningham. And I think that's pretty easily, I don't care who is picking, right? You have to pick Cade number one. And and, and even more so, we'll just spend a a little more time with Cade. 
he's a guy that you can put out on the perimeter and guys with the basketball in their hands constantly. It makes a ton more sense to just say, okay, we're, we're picking Cade Cunningham. I don't care if we have a crazy crowded backcourt. I, you're, you're picking him number one, but then you get to the Indiana Pacers situation. And I thought that like is the perfect team to put as the example of, do you draft best player available or do you draft for need? Because I think Evan Mobley, even with Jalen Suggs and Jalen green being pretty awesome, I think Evan Mobley should be the number one overall pick in like 75% of other drafts that don't have Cade Cunningham in it. Right? Like, like Mobley's that guy. But the Pacers are drafting too. You already have Miles Turner, who is, I don't know, top top five defensive player of, uh, top five maybe the de- de- defensive player in the NBA. I know he was going to be in the running before he got hurt, but he's certainly very good. Sabonis is a monster as well. And you also have Goga, who you drafted, maybe even best player available when they selected him later on in the draft. But you also, and do you want to get Evan Mobley and then trade one of these guys like Miles yes. Turner? I think that would make some yes, sense. You absolutely and do. So I, I, I agree. I think that's what I would do. I would still draft Evan Mobley, okay, and then move a Turner because he's just been dangled out there as trade bait for so long. Um, but I mean, I guess I get what Tony East is doing here because you do have a couple of bigs that you play that are very good. I just think you trade Miles Turner once you draft Evan Mobley. I, I still think that's the move, but I do think Nada that is the the quintessential example of man that is a tough decision for a, a team as far as best player available compared to uh, what position you need. Quite honestly, my whole problem with that selection is do you know how fast, especially with the Indiana Pacers, probably being in one of those perpetual seasons of I must get this pick right and I must compete every single year. Do you know how fast I would have ransomed that pick? Like I would have been getting, like I would have taken every single offer because you have to understand that if you're Detroit, you got to move up and whatever it's going to cost. Like there, there's... There's no way that I wouldn't have held that pick up for ransom for a good long time. Like, quite honestly, if and, and I would. Hon- well, we can't trade, I don't think, in these mock drafts, just to be fair. But I, I hear you just in, in maybe something different if the rules. If allowed the it. rules allowed it, fine. If the rules didn't allow it, then drafting Mobley doesn't. I get not drafting Mobley if the rules don't allow you to trade. I get it to an extent because. At that point, you're more worried about fit than having to possibly trade one, if not two of the centers you already have, one of whom is going to be easy to get, but you've also kind of lowered the value on. And the second one, Goga Bitsade, just got in a fight with Greg Foster before the end of the season. So that's the, the value there is not going to be as much as... So I get it from both aspects. I, I do get g- drafting a lot a better roster fit, especially if... Bjorkren stays. TJ Warren's probably not going to stay from what we know. Like, there's a lot of this that's, there's a lot of moving parts to this that I understand why. Yeah. And, and by the way, TJ Warren, I, I, the, the Pacers situation is somewhat fascinating to me too, because TJ McConnell, we heard him in press conferences after that BR report came out and TJ was saying, you know, we didn't play like a team that quit on their coach when they won a couple of games, including that Philadelphia contest that was huge for them playing in the postseason tournament. TJ Warren has continued to say, I don't know where anybody got that from. I don't want to go anywhere. You can roll your eyes and may- maybe he is trying to fib. You know, I don't know, 
But a lot of players were pretty adamant against that report that came out, right? I, so I, I do want to see how that Indiana Pacers situation plays out. Let's talk a little bit more about the mock draft, maybe on the other side of the break, and then try to get to some Hornet-centric things as well in the third segment. But first, got to talk to you about Bet Online. It's the fastest and the easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Baseball season is in full swing, and you can track all the action at Bet Online. Get all the latest news, odds, and info for all your sporting needs, including Major League Baseball, NBA, NHL, and all your UFC or MMA action. Before the next pitch, head over to bet online on your laptop or mobile device and check out all of the great sporting news sign up bonuses and contest information head to the website or again use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50 percent welcome bonus on your first deposit bet online your online sportsbook experts we got one more segment to go clean up some mock draft analysis and hit on some hornets topics coming up next on the lockdown hornets podcast this is locked on hornets I said, oh, oh, hell yeah. Just giving that confirmation of how awesome this is going to be. You tweeted at me. You're going to be singing the chorus to Billie Jean if you ain't careful. <laughs> and Again, I point to the lie. Yes, I. You're, well, yeah, you're right. This goes back to our first conversation. There's a yes, lot of babies does. being exactly. had out there. Goodness gracious. <laughs> unexpected exactly. ones. Point ones to that the lie. It's time for more of the Locked on Hornets podcast. All right, just cleaning up some mock draft analysis here, Nada. We talked about Kate Cunningham. Indiana jumps all the way up to two. They get Jalen Suggs. Houston takes Evan Mobley. No brainer. Jalen Green goes to Detroit at four. Jonathan Kaminga goes to Orlando at five. All five of those players are going to be selected within the top five. I think that's the consensus. Anybody that would jump in and and in that mix, that's not one of those players. That would be one of the bigger shocks. Kaminga probably is the only guy that I could see jumping into the top five. And even then, that's a stretch. You you mean dropping out of the top five is what you're saying? Yeah, I agree with that. Um, Cleveland took Scotty Barnes at six. I think he's a guy that's been a, a riser. As we've gone throughout the season, I think people love his defensive ability. He could be the best defender in this NBA draft and Cleveland with Scotty Barnes and Isaac Okoro. I mean, that's a pretty nice foundation on one end of the court. Yeah. So <laughs> I, I, I kind of like that pick. I don't know if people thought Scotty Barnes might go as high as six, but it could be wide open once we get past those five nada. So, you know, not not crazy surprising to see that. I think Scotty Barnes is a guy that's going to continue to jump up draft boards. I, I've Most people seem to like him from the smart people that I follow about on uh, NBA draft. Yeah, Twitter. B- Barnes is one guy that I got to go take another look at. But from the early stuff I saw, I was a fan. I get why he's a top seven guy in this draft at the same time, like. I feel like there's like this giant gap from the top four of this draft and then top five or top four? four, like top four, honestly, like when, when we talk about so, okay. Mobley, Suggs, Green, Cunningham, I think those guys are guys that are at least top two guys when you, it, when you talk about the like building of a, of a team, those are guys that you can expect to be legitimate like guy building blocks everybody after that solid role player solid role player and that's when it becomes a again it all really does depend on what's your flavor or which if you like the flavor of the player that you're sipping on at that point does it fit what you need and that's why like i love kaminga 
I think he's like the closest thing to a star outside of that top four. But I really just like those top four are, are guys that I feel like you can are building blocks. The rest of them, not so much, but we'll see. Yeah, it does seem Cade one, yeah. Evan Mobley two, Jalen Suggs or Jalen Green three, four, yep. Kaminga five. Yeah. It, it feels like that's the way that the top five plays out, at least on more uh, most draft boards. So again, we go seven, Franz Wagner, eight, Keon Johnson, nine. They go after Moses Moody. It's Orlando who picked Moses Moody. I like Moses Moody. Um, you know, Arkansas was fun. I, that was always a team that I, I really enjoyed watching. And Moody was a really good player for them this year. 10 Sacramento goes Corey Kispert. Not I'm out on Corey Kispert. And this is something, you know, I, I just think the shooting it's obviously very good. This is a team that could use shooting in uh, with the Charlotte Hornets and Kispert could be a guy that people uh, are interested in, especially with you can't have too much shooting on an NBA team. Right. And he makes sense. I just think what else does he do? Like he's, he's not going to be Joe Harris. You could say, okay, yeah, this is who is Joe Harris. He's putting up uh, a monstrous shooting season this year. But if your ceiling is that, you know, I just I'd rather take my chance on higher ceiling guys down here at the 12 range, 11 range that the Charlotte Hornets will be taking. And so I just can't see myself liking Kispert over uh, some of the other guys that should be there in every scenario. And I, I, I can't imagine me in any of these mini mock drafts deciding to go with Kispert. So wait, hold on. Question. So you're telling me you would on your big board, the Walker mail big board. You have Zaire Williams and Josh Giddy above Kispert right now. Yeah, I, I do. You know, and 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 pretty easily. Wow. I, I mean, uh, yeah, I, I would go. I would go with Zaire Williams over Kispert for sure, just because I think that's a guy that has higher upside, and I want to try to cash in on one of those lottery tickets while I'm down here. And look, I, I know last year I got scared because of just how weak the top of the draft seemed at the time. And I wanted to, obviously, you know, I get clowned for have wanting to trade it back and collected assets. There was, well, there really wasn't any like massive trade offer, like the Boston Celtics giving us both their first round picks. I know that was something a lot of people threw out there. I never liked that one, right? I don't want to move too far down in the draft, but you still have a Zaire Williams who, to me, I, I, I like his game, man. I, I know the efficiency is not there, but we've seen an efficient players before be in the right situation, just continue to grow into their bodies and mature. And then boom, you can blossom. I, I just think that's the kind of guy I would rather go with. And even a giddy, the playmaking I, that, that seems something more valuable to me than, than, uh, and, and the ceiling then there the than, than, uh, than what Corey Kisper can bring. In. See, that's the funny thing. I like Kispert. I'm with you, though, because and I hate to put it this way because it sounds like it's going to sound like really, really bad. But I like shooting. I, but if all you're going to offer to me is shooting, then I can't draft you that high. Like you have to be the great. You have to be Ray Allen. You have to be. I, I can't even call you Beal because Beal outside of having like Beal outside of having two or three seasons of really dope shooting really doesn't like hit the needle on that but on on, in terms of being an elite shooter elite shooters are great but if they're one-dimensional then you can get them in more of the middle of the first round or the back half of the first round think of think of a guy like Desmond Bain who we loved 
But we weren't talking about drafting him with any lottery pick, were we? No. We were talking no. about drafting him in the 20s. Like, and that's the thing. And and here's the other thing, and I'm going to bring this up once, and then I'll never bring it up again. The New York Knicks have the 19th and the 21st pick. If they want someone so bad enough, I'm not a I'm not opposed to trading down and getting both of those picks. I'm throwing I'm just throwing that out there. I, I, I am going to take the Walker Mail stance of, yeah, maybe we should trade back because there's so many holes on this roster. I, I, I'm kind of there. Yeah. I'm kind of there now. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see how this mock draft plays out. All right, we, that's the mini mock draft. Gave us an entire episode. Kind of fun to talk about these hypotheticals, and we'll continue to bring you these mini mock drafts as the offseason goes on. It's the Lockdown Hornets podcast, a part of the Lockdown Podcast Network. Have a great day. We appreciate your support as well as locker rooms and built bars as always. We'll be back with you tomorrow on the Lockdown Hornets podcast. Whoa, 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 whoa. Before you guys... Go to another podcast. I need to let you know that today on Locked On Podcast, LeBron James and the Lakers got even against the Suns. And get more of the sports news you need in less time with the Locked On Today podcast. Follow the Locked On Today podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get podcasts.